Welcome to episode number five of the AVA Movement Podcast, a show about all things angels and airwaves to the stars and Tom DeLong. My name is Adam Barnard, and I am once again joined by Stephen Christie and Jay Corey Fox to discuss brand new topic, the best of AVA poll that we recently put out on Facebook and social media. Um, now that we're at the cusp of new music and a big comeback of the band, we thought it would be a great time, you know, as AVA movement to poll everyone involved in the community and see, you know, what are your favorite albums? Uh, what are your top three favorite songs? And just get a gauge on how the legacy of Angels and Airwaves is sitting with the fans. So today, um, the poll is closed. We're going to sit down and review the results and discuss the results and kind of talk about the band's legacy up till now as we're coming into this new album. But, uh, in the meantime, Jay and Steven, welcome back. How are are you guys yeah feeling good um had a good new year did you guys have a good new year yeah yeah totally i did as well i'm doing pretty good <laughs> and um well i mean i <laughs> i of course uh flew out to toronto in january right um for oh, the, yeah. that ava concert yeah and tom got sick but you know i'm going back in may i'm going back in may so <laughs> that's great so they because yeah, they rescheduled all of them i think right so they did. I think there might have been a couple of U.S. cities that people were waiting for. Um, just I think they were fest shows, so it might have been harder for them to rebook that. Right, right. But other than that, uh, the other dates are still. And I, I mean, I've got family out there, so luckily, um, I didn't spend too much money just on a trip out there, and <laughs> I still went shopping and I still did stuff. So. <laughs> Well, anyways, uh, to the uh, best of AVA poll, um, I'm just going to go ahead and read some of the statistics off of the poll. We had 2,439 participants, which is a big chunk of the uh, social media collective we have on both Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. The number one album with 894 votes, or 36.7% of the votes, is We Don't Need to Whisper, the band's debut album. Um, just want to ask you guys, did you see this coming when the poll came out? Um, yes. <laughs> you did? Okay. <laughs> yeah. I totally agree. Although it is tight between that one and I Empire, even with the results, and that whole split doesn't surprise me whatsoever. And I actually thought it was going to be pretty close um, yeah, it stole that by, you know, just about 1%. So, <laughs> yeah, I Empire is just 33 votes behind, which is not bad, all things considered, just one percentage point behind. I oof, I don't know. I guess we're going to get in a little bit later into what we wanted to vote for. But I think I think it's interesting that that first record, which is kind of the genesis of the band and the band's message is so enduring. Um, one thing I've seen in the recent years, in, you know, all over the place in terms of fan feedback is like Dreamwalker, Dreamwalker, Dreamwalker. It's almost like that kind of ushered in a new uh, section of fandom or, you know, a bunch of people just started listening to Angels in the last five or six years and the Dreamwalkers kind of like the latest from the band. And, you know, I think they connected with it. it it's It reinvents the sound. It's a very diversified album. Like each song has a very different vibe to it. So I, I was kind of expecting the Dreamwalker to be a little bit higher up. Um, but I guess like, you know, if if the legacy fan base came out, you know, all the old school fans came out to the poll, it makes a lot of sense that, that you know, we don't need a whispers way, way, way far ahead of the Dreamwalker and, you know, the, all the other records except for I Empire. Yeah, you know what? That's actually quite an interesting take. But just going off that logic, I think with the people who come from the Dreamwalker album, you would think more would vote for it, but it's sitting pretty low <laughs> considering it's higher than left part two though 
I don't know why everyone hates Love Part Two. <laughs> That's not, it's it's interesting. It's like I think I think Angels fans are very familiar with not not necessarily the statistical breakdown of what fans feel, but the social media presence of what fans say, mm-hmm. which is that it's something that's weird I've seen in the community happen since we were on the forum and even, you know, have that now pervade the comment section, the Facebook group and everything. It's like Love Part 2 is terrible and redundant. Dreamwalker <laughs> is most of them are like, it's amazing. <laughs> and then I Empire is often their favorite. And and so it's like, you know, We Don't Need a Whisper sometimes doesn't get talked about as much, um, at least in this what I followed. I've noticed that too. It, it, it doesn't get talked about in in that way, like the same way as like, let's say love part one, but it's just sort of in the background always, I think as like, you know, it was the start to, you know, AVA. Just to, to talk about the love part two, I think the main reason it gets kind of the hate that it gets, I don't think it's deserving hate, but the hate that it gets just as someone who was around at the time on the forum, probably part partook in quite a lot of it myself which I shouldn't have (laughs) Um, (laughs) the the band seemed stale at the time it wasn't it wasn't that the music I don't think the music's bad um I think there's there's quite a lot of uh filler on love part two I think that's how it was designed really I think it was designed as filler it was supposed to be an EP. Yeah. Like, there was supposed to be, like, four or five songs on it. It was supposed to be a supplementary EP to Love, the album, the, What you know, what is the first part now. And I think once they got in the studio, they were experimenting with a lot of score pieces. You know, they had just scored or were in the process of scoring the Love movie that Will Eubank directed. So all of a sudden, there are these fragments and ideas and riffs and pieces of music and themes. And I think it kind of just spiraled into a full-length album. Um, it's also important to remember that Tom was like busier than ever when he was making this album, which is maybe why I guess it wasn't as much time for it to evolve and maybe there wasn't as much creative bandwidth to channel because it's like he was touring uh, big stadium tours with Blink, you know, uh, stateside and in Europe. He was making an album with Blink. Um, you know, that wasn't that did not seem like a fun process or a very harmonious process looking back. So that probably took a toll. You know, they were scoring the movie. They were, you know, editing the movie, working on distributing the movie. And then they were making another album and they were touring with Angels. So it's like when you start to put that picture together, it makes sense why the record is the way it is and is very ambient. I think people didn't like how there wasn't as much traditional rock structure to the songs or as much drive. It was, you know, sometimes it just felt like a score. Um, I don't know. I mean, these are these are all just reflections and thoughts to kind of put that in context because I've seen a lot of people be like, yeah, that's, that's where the band started to lose me was Love Part 2. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right on that. At that time on the forum, it was, it was a very... Um sort of everyone was sort of bored with what was what was happening which is hard to believe in this day and age because now everyone's sort of like you know really wants them to put out more really wants the band to put out more but at the time it was sort of like you know you should maybe take your time just do blink (laughs) yeah yeah it's weird because like when i i came in to uh angels and airways fan community right as love 2 was coming out so really love 2 love part 2 and the neighborhoods album were the first two things i heard 
from Tom in full, like that weren't just singles on the radio. So for me, I was like, oh, Neighborhoods is so dope and Love Part 2 is like the coolest. It's like, you know, it's like a space movie score combined with punk rock. I'm like, how could you not like it? I just didn't get the context that, okay, we had already had like three albums of this or some variation of this. And it's like, I think for fans who were there since 2006 and didn't just hop on the boat in 2011, it was like, it was understandable for them to want, you know, the band to move on or want, Tom to focus on Blink and see where that band could go in its evolution. I remember at the time, I I don't know, maybe it's because he like sort of always did say there was going to be a series of things coming up that were going to be themed to this, to like love part one. Um, I, I had also saw them um, on tour in the 20, on the 2010 tour. Sure. So yeah. I was obviously really excited. Um, I still think the two as a whole with the movie, though, that whole, um, you know, love era of AVA, it still seems to as a whole have some type of endearment amongst the fan community, though. Yeah. In terms of legacy, I, I think so. And that's probably why it's not at, you know, 0.2%, which some of the EPs are at, which don't quite have the same legacy. Right. Um, so just taking a second now to look over, just to review the album ranking from the AVA fan poll, um, you know, best album, as we said, We Don't Need a Whisper with 37% of the vote rounded up. Second album, I Empire, 35%. Third album, Love Part One, uh, 11%. Uh, number four, Dreamwalker, 10%, rounded up. Number five, Love Part Two, 6%. Number six, Chasing Shadows EP at 1.5%. Number seven of Nightmares at 0.2%. And then all the way sitting sadly at the bottom with two votes all alone <laughs> is Stomping the Phantom Brake Pedal right. with 1.1% of the vote. Um, I hate that that's at the bottom. <laughs> You mean to tell me that that is not a fan favorite EP? Yeah. I mean, people talk about it pretty fondly, or they don't, okay, they talk about <laughs> Diary pretty fondly, and maybe some of the score pieces, they don't seem to like the remixes. That's something I still see to this day, is like, God, I hated those remixes, even if they like, like, Dreamwalker or whatever else the Rubens have done. Yeah, the remixes were a bit, they were just a bit random, weren't they? It was a bit, I don't know. Jay, what did you think? I like a few of them. It, it, I think it takes time to grow on you. Uh, like, it's not like, um, I feel like at the time it was released, like, you know, pe that's not what people um, expected. I don't think, like, they really wanted it. But, I mean, I'll be careful with that because, um, in all reality, let's not forget this was a project tr in tribute to Critter, yeah, right? Yeah. So, yeah, maybe... Um, it's less known, uh, but looking at it from that angle, like it's probably it's something that like, you know, he had to do. I mean, I like the Saturday Love and Surrender ones as well, just because of how dirty and and uh, industrialized they sound um, kind of a bit. I, I feel like Nine Inch Nails had a bit of influence on Alain Rubin, um, or at least he brought some of those technical skills to the remix album. It, it's some it's a detail that can get lost in the mix of the legacy of the band. But that that record or that double EP, the score evolved and then the remixes were basically what Aaron suggested Alain did just to put his uh, basically what Aaron su suggested Alain should do to put his stamp on the band and contribute kind of, I think what Tom was looking for, which was innovation, you know, a completely, a complete left turn from the very hi-fi space rock sound of the band. 
Um, I, I think a lot of people at the time were also scared that's what things would sound like going forward consistently, which is why it was rejected at first. It's like, oh, oh, like, you know, we wanted different, but we didn't want this different. Um, I think now it sits in context much better, understanding that it was only really meant to be a be an appetizer to the Dreamwalker in terms of saying, like, we can do anything now. Like, we've done four albums of, of really cool, you know, space rock or progressive rock or whatever, and they all kind of say different things, but they share a similar sonic set um and then this is like okay you know let's tear up the rule book and then we can revisit our punk roots or our space rock roots but we're gonna always you know with each ep or album we're gonna try something different um and so that's why i like this ep so much and i think it's important um it's like a turning point for the band but you know in the context of a poll uh for the best album uh fans were only allowed to pick one album see for the songs you were able to pick your top three and so everyone's you know putting their top three so there's gonna be a lot of overlap so songs that are people's third favorite can still rank high on the list if enough people vote for them with this it's like i don't think you know all but two fans which maybe i was one of them and i forgot i voted for this album <laughs> all all but two fans were like this i you know this is just not the most important one like if you only pick one project it's probably has to be something like i empire or we don't need a whisper i mean when you think of angels and the airwaves that's what most people think of they think of um the beginning and the album that led up from the beginning the first album always sticks with you and the follow-up to that album it needs to be good and they far succeeded that and that's why i think that sits at second place wow it's, you 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 never forget your first right you don't know. <laughs> all right <laughs> <laughs> It's true. Like, um, we don't need to whisper for me over the years. Um, certainly now after sort of the legacy stuff has passed and we've gone to some pretty more popular EPs, which we'll, we'll I'm sure we'll talk about as well. Yeah. Um, giving it again, like we were, we're talking a lot about context, uh, just organically. Cause I think, you know, people who have been following this band for a really, really long time, who've been following the artwork for, um, a long time to whether it's to the stars or, or whatever um, is we don't need to whisper sort of reflects everything um, backwards differently if you listen to it it still lives up to even though Tom himself might not have known what kinds of songs he was gonna write you know five years seven years ten years later or yeah. what exactly he would have been working on um, it still puts everything, the whole discography and everything else, I think, into a nice context. And it, it, it's actually really interesting how I think like We Don't Need to Whisper is like this malleable piece of art, which is what Tom intended. Not Maybe not all of Angels and Airways, but at least, okay, if he's going to do it, if he's like, say he had one shot at it, you know, like this is going to be the one that will be... Um, you know, this moving piece of art that sets the context for a lot of other things that the band does. That's how I feel about it, especially recently. And it's actually really interesting to listen to. Yeah, I think it was meant to redefine him and meant to like him trying to burst out of, a, 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 I don't want to say a confine, but a a mold at least that it's like you're the punk rock guy you know you you play fast you know you play your guitar and you're funny and you talk about fucking dogs or whatever and it's really funny and it's like <laughs> it's like no, no no it's like i have so much going on inside me emotionally and like 
I'm going to do everything I can to put it in this album. And I think I've listened to the album again recently. And sometimes it's like some of the songs really, I think it could be argued, just take it too far. It's kind of like unrestrained, but it's kind of also cool because it's unrestrained. It's not the most manicured piece. It's it's angry. It's intense. It's earnest. Um yeah, and it's, you know, it has intense sentimental value, I think, to the author, which was what resonates with people, I believe. Yeah, um, actually, there's something really interesting about that album. Um, recently, I got the opportunity to listen to the, the the stems of the adventure. Yeah, for the Nail the Mix From thing, Nail right? the Mix, yeah. And uh, if you just solo Tom's vocals, you can hear there's like a there's almost like a, a desperation in his voice and he's not lost that punk edge. You you think when you listen to the album that he's um he's he's perhaps putting on a voice or trying to make his voice sound a bit smoother, but if you hear the raw vocals, that's what they are, they're raw vocals. They're you know, he's he's really going for all the notes, he's shouting um pretty much the entire song. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's not he hasn't lost that that punk rock um sensibility inside them so yeah it is i think it is an important album it's a it's a it's, it's growth it, that's what it is it's, it's him growing up but not losing uh, his identity so with that in mind let's go ahead and move on to what the three of us picked for best album steven why don't you go first what did you pick for your favorite album so i picked i empire um to me it's an important album it's the first Angels and Airways album I heard personally. That's the main reason I picked it, but I just think sonically, it's just it's it's so much better. There's so much more going on. It's so much more thought out. Um, they're not really thinking with anger anymore. They're they're really calm, collected. Yeah. And uh, they've they've really focused in on the sound, and that to me is what makes I Empire like their best album. I think they've took everything they've learned from the first album. Um, they've took their sound that obviously you know did them wonders to even go on to a second album did them wonders they toured it um, it's worked out they've refined it they haven't made it quite as as big as the first album I feel like they still had that punk rock in the first album they've kind of toned it down a little bit and they've like I said they just refined it to me it's the it's the best album yeah they kind of I think on the first album they just had this uh, desire in the performance, in the engineering, and the mixing to just bring depth and punch and roar and kind of, you know, it's kind of like you're talking about the vocals, just rawness. Um, but there's also kind of like a hi-fi, you know, 80s radio hit sensibility to the way that album was mixed. And and that, that kind of created a cool contrast. But with Eye Empire, it's just like total hi-fi, sparkly, everything's perfectly manicured. There's a little, there's a lot less rawness. And, you know, to be fair, some people don't like that, which is fine. To me, I think it added... Uh, just a tremendous uh, shine to the message. Like it just, it, it elevated what they were trying to do because it's like, it felt like on a technical level, they absolutely nailed it and knew what they were doing. And there was no, there was no, like you said, there was no seeking to like find yourself. It was like, we know who we are. Now let's like bear our soul and, and show you how optimistic we are and how much we want to, to spread a feeling of love and empowerment. And so, the, you know, I also put I empire as my favorite and that's, that's why I, 
agree with both of you because I also picked that album. Oh, really? (laughs) Great discussion, guys. (laughs) Right, that's it. We can end it there. You know, vibes accomplished. That's it. See you on episode six. Um, But no, I'm just just kidding. That was like um, that whole uh, we're going to walk out and play another song thing two minutes later. Uh, (laughs) So... (laughs) (laughs) um i i agree um i what just what i was thinking when you were just saying all that stuff there uh adam was that it it is i think musically and as well you could say lyrically although i think we try not to talk about lyrics too much i think we all come from the same place because we know that's a very um more sort of personal thing for the artist or you know more bendable it's malleable it's relatable um on different levels to different people but musically um an identity wise of angels and airwaves at the time um i think it's more focused but it's just an interesting dynamic between the two i think they go together like quite well as like top picks yeah um definitely didn't tom say that he wanted the two albums to tell a complete story or be paired together because you know the end of heaven has the opening of valkyrie missile in it it's kind of supposed to be you know two sides of the same coin two chapters in the same book and be like you know the first era of angels wasn't that how it was intended um i think at the time considering it's only the second album um i do remember him saying like you know with love i would say it takes a turn from there, just to a little bit of a different, there's the word again, vibe and whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, almost like darker when you think of it, even though love isn't necessarily dark by any means, um, like on its own. But in contrast to the two, um, I don't know if like you can sort of see that. Um, I Empire, I felt, was also very art- artistic, but like you said, more in a well-rounded way. Yeah. Um, I think there was still, like, I always talk about the build-up to that album, um, you know, when they were teasing on their website. Um, they used um, more specific imagery, I feel like. Um, and then in that thought of them sort of going together and it being sort of one thing, I think of, like, the music video and short films oh or unofficial short yeah. films from both. <laughs> so cool. Like, I know at the time, like I, after We Don't Need to Whisper came out and Tom was doing more stuff, I I also have sort of a personal sentimental value uh, with I Empire also as well. Uh, I remember I, I got my first pair of Macbeth shoes around that time. Uh I I love the album artwork too. Yeah. Oh, Drew Struzan, which is done by that guy. Yeah. Yeah, that was Drew Struzan who did the uh, the original Star Wars trilogy or Indiana Jones and plenty of stuff since then. It kind of like he has a signature style it's just in the film communities. I know it's like people are like, oh, yeah, I want that poster to have like a bit of Struzan in it. Or it's like this needs to feel like Drew Struzan did it. He's like such a household name as a designer. And the fact that he did an Angels and Airwaves album is still to this day one of the coolest things. And like, I'm kind of with you. I think the album cover itself like <laughs> just elevates the whole record or probably adds like half a point to my ranking just because it's so goddamn cool (laughs) probably a lot of people and they might not even realize that a lot of people as to why they might have picked that (laughs) it could be a subconscious thing i don't know I remember I listened to I Empire in high school. It was, I guess, my like junior, senior year. And it was recently after I discovered 
Tom's music and the, you know, the Love Double album and Neighborhoods and the movie. I just thought it was so cool that he was doing punk rock and also movies and, you know, just a complete raw exploration of consciousness and emotion. And so I picked up the record and I, I was just listening to it constantly, you know, going to and from school and just wherever I went, I would put the record on. And it was like such a burst of joy, just a constant IV drip of pure elation. And it was like, you know, the record's not perfect. I think there's a lot of redundancy on the record musically. Like the same guitar riffs are used very often or with minimal permutations, but for whatever reason, I don't know how it works. Like the redundancy of the record works to make it more cohesive or coherent. The record itself just flows like butter and it has, uh, you know, it, it's both very diverse and very uniform at the same time, more so than any other record, more so even than the love records, which I think were trying to flow into each other, but it didn't quite work as well as it did on Eye Empire. If I am correct, I feel like I remember the initial teaser trailers for the love movie or whatever. Not that I don't think any many of the clips actually made it into the film itself, but it was around the time of I Empire that Tom started to allude to that there might be some type of short film or feature film, if I'm right on that. Yeah, no, it was. I think Love was supposed to be the I Empire movie. Mm -hmm. It just took so goddamn long to make, and it was supposed yeah. to be vignettes, and then it was supposed to be an extended short film, and then it was kind of, you know, they shot a ton of more stuff to make it a feature, and it was like this organic thing that developed over like five years, but it started, you know, early I Empire era. So now let's go ahead and move on to the song part of the poll where we asked fans to pick uh, their three favorite Angels and Airwaves songs. And I think we offered pretty much everything except the acoustic EP and the songs in the acoustic EP. Um, so everything from Valkyrie Missile all the way up to Kiss and Tell. And not to sound like a clickbait article, but the results may shock you. I was not expecting some of the just from the top three it actually caught me off guard um I, so just throw it over to you guys what did you think of the top three which for the record were the adventure heaven and then kiss and tell kiss and tell being on the top three out of all the songs that were offered and even all the songs that got pretty high that maybe would have ranked fourth or fifth or sixth or something like that yeah uh was not expecting that to really make it on a top three. You know, that's exactly what I was talking about too. I did not see that coming. Um, I remember my friend texted me when Kiss and Tell came out and they were like, do you see everyone saying this is one of the, like the best songs Tom has ever written? Like, come on guys, like, let's be real. <laughs> and I think both of us kind of were like, yeah, I think it's just the hype. And now it, it doesn't feel like the hype because this poll came out, what, like six, seven months after the song came out. I mean, it is the most recent release, but I think, you know, when Rebel Girl came out, it wasn't everyone liked it, but it wasn't like, yes, like best song Tom has ever written. For whatever reason, you know, Kiss and Tell has really touched on something profound with, you know, at the very least, the Angels and Airways fan body, because to have it third on the list of all these incredible songs is is saying something. It does say a lot. It does say a lot that in you know even after all this time after all of these albums he's able to release a song and it's um able to stick with people yeah who might not have even been listening for all this time and suddenly have got back into the band and they've went oh yeah that's uh the third best song he's ever wrote you know <laughs> it's it's uh for me it's like jay said it's it's, it's surprising there is a lot of songs He's wrote with this band that um, 
I personally would consider to be at least musically and lyrically uh, more cohesive and better. The adventure, I can understand. Um, that's the big one, and it's kind of expected. Right. Um, it's a brilliant song. So here's the thing about Kiss and Tell. For me to do anything less than heat praise in the song would be hypocritical because I have played this song several times a day, every goddamn day since it came out. So that said, it might sound weird. I do. I do too. I I listen to it on the bus on the way to work, not going to (laughs) lie. And it is, I think it almost captures the rawness of We Don't Need to Whisper um, and, and I don't mean the sonics, I don't mean the message, I just mean the blend between very, very polished musicianship and technical skill and then raw emotion and authenticity uh, and, and punk, you know, for lack of a better term. Um, you know, the song feels like a boxcar racer song in terms of structure. It has some weird breakdowns, it has some weird tonal shifts, it has some cool riffs and, you know, dynamic volume changes and everything. And so it's very, very cool. Um, I did not vote for Kiss and Tell. So it's you know, it's hard for me to put it up in the top three. But like, I got to say, I think the song is, you know, we've discussed this in podcasts before, a very personal song to Tom, probably more than we know. It just feels like it has is bearing his soul like We Don't Need to Whisper did. And I think, again, you know, 20 minutes earlier, we were talking about why We Don't Need to Whisper resonated and what blend of emotion, you know, makes it so ubiquitous or ma- makes it such a favorite among AVA fans. I would, you know, humbly submit the same thing as the case for Kiss and tell and that's why it made it so high i'm still surprised that it took like just third place um over less i guess more traditional song maybe something like anxiety or the gift which i'm sad is not higher (laughs) i voted for it was one of the songs i voted for you know (laughs) yeah let's go ahead and talk about some of the runner-ups or some of the other songs that got a big chunk of the vote but didn't quite make it to the top three Uh, As far as I can see here, looking at the graph, after Kiss and Tell, the next highest song is Secret Crowds with 19.8%, which also feels like a fan favorite. Uh, After Secret Crowds, you have Everything's Magic at 17.4%, The War at 16.7%, Call to Arms at 16%. Um, Rebel Girl is at 14%, and that's, you know, probably, I think is top 10. So that's another surprise that a new song kind of didn't just fall off the grid. Because if you look at some of the stuff from the EPs, I mean, like Artillery or View From Below or Home. Home is a great song, but it got 0.6% of the votes. So it's like some of these, even the recent songs have gotten forgotten, but not the last two singles. You know, I think the the EPs, uh, they came across as a a bit of a weird time, and I think maybe it has a bit of a stigma to it now. Yeah. Where people, they they remember that time as the time that Tom was busy writing books, busy not being with Blink, busy not being with (laughs) Angels and Airwaves. And it's hard not to to think about, at least for me, it's hard not to think about that. So as soon as he comes back and he starts his focus on Angels and Airwaves... And the songs have a bit more of a structure, and you have a bit more of a a meaning behind them. Even Rebel Rebel Girl, and like we were saying earlier with Kiss and Tell, um, it's 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 easy to get attached to that sort of thing because it's like a new lease of life, especially for the fans. Yeah, it's something to 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 hold on to that you haven't had for such a long time. You know, there's definitely a polish or a f- finality or uh, fully realized complexity to the last two singles than there are to some of the EP songs. Not that the EP songs are bad. Voyager 
is nearly on my top three. I think it's one of the mm-hmm. coolest songs Tom has ever done. I love the Of Nightmares EP, and as we've said before, I love the Score Evolved and Remix EPs. But I, yeah, I mean, I, I do think, you know, quite frankly, people equate that era with Tom posting selfies of himself in UFO documents in his office, and they're like, you know, what what exactly is this leading toward? Now, we know where it was going, and I think we all appreciate it a little bit more, but the result is like the EPs are kind of linked to those weird experimental times, those cross-platformal projects that were just in books and merch packs and stuff that people didn't dig as much. And I think that's a tragedy because I think there's actually a lot of his solars in those EPs too. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know how you guys feel about that or what do you guys think of some of the other results that, that we got? Um, Yeah, like I'm actually surprised. Like I've noticed also just in comments and stuff like that as well. Um, that some of the songs that used to be, I mean, we have more music to pick from, but that considering the fact that, you know, not a lot of people really hype up the EPs. I personally love Chasing Shadows, like you said, (laughs) at least Voyager and Chasing Shadows, the song. Um, those are great songs at Overload as well. Um, I feel like that's obviously the most, um, popular ep i think because it actually shows up in the pie charts and i think it's it's well talked about and it's generally well liked um but songs like anxiety i've noticed lost a little bit of popularity over the last few years hallucinations lost losing a bit of popular secret crowds losing a bit of hype as well well actually what's even more surprising is call to arms has got less votes than everything's magic but i seem to remember at the time everyone really wanted call to arms to be the main single of i empire i I didn't know call to arms was ostensibly more popular than everything's magic i always thought it was the other way around i think that maybe people thought it was going to be a single because the intro to call to arms i'm pretty sure they used it in the promotional stuff on the website right right Yeah. yeah 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 no that makes sense um another interesting thing i noticed about this poll is how there's a lot of songs that are sitting somewhere between like eight and 12 percent and the it's gift like, is so the, in that batch <laughs> yeah there's this there's this like goldilocks zone where it's like n- not not super popular not unpopular it's like just right just enough that like everyone can appreciate it um you know you have a little's enough the gift like you said um look at wolf young, pack is in there yeah that wolf doesn't pack, surprise wolf pack me. and tunnels both of them were really high both of them had almost 10 percent you know, Anxiety, Surrender, Saturday Love, uh, Flight of the Apollo is another one. I never knew that was actually, you know, that and Young London were up there. So that's, yeah, there's there's a lot of songs that I feel like maybe people made, made people second or third choice or whatever that were similar enough to give it a, a bump on the chart right here. Um, yeah, I'm kind of surprised about um, Flight of the Apollo and, and Young London. I, I personally kind of ones that I've, I've sort of glossed over myself uh, yeah. they're great songs but they're there there's just there's a there's a lot of bigger songs on that album that i thought maybe would have been more popular yeah when going into this poll i really you know i have my results here or my my favorite songs here and we're all going to share in a second but i think my rubric was a matter of whether the song reached its full potential like what songs for what they were trying to be were most fully realized and i think people voting in this poll will all vote a little bit differently some will vote more what they feel is like empirically true what is like 
you know, justifiably the best. Some will just entirely vote based upon sentimentality. And I think all that's fine, by the way. I'm not at all criticizing how you vote. Vote however the hell you like. Uh, I just think for me, I guess the way I judge some of the things I picked was like, does the song accomplish what the song set out to do in the greatest possible way? Is it the most fully realized version of itself? And I think, you know, Tom's a diverse artist, so he tries a lot of different vibes. He, he tries a lot of different... Um, styles and subgenres and messages and tonalities and so it's like some some things like the gift i love i love the gift sent you know emotionally sentimentally i don't think it's the best song and i don't think it does I think it could be a lot better um, in the way it was produced. So for me, it's like I just don't vote for some of these songs in the mid range, which a lot of other people voted for, which I respect, though, because I, I think I think there is a sentimental value to a lot of these songs. Uh, yes. And I definitely think people um, would have voted, obviously, too, on personal um, favorites for whatever reason. And obviously, that's totally OK. Um, <laughs> I feel like Of Nightmares often falls into that category because I see a lot of comments that are like, I absolutely love the Of Nightmares EP or there's a song off it that they really, really like. Um that could just be it's sort of like a weird I think just a, a taste thing for music maybe those other people listen to music um in a genre that sounds more like that that's like less like the rest of AVA for example sure um I know the gift is on my list <laughs> um oh shit no that's okay <laughs> I can see where you're coming from again like we were talking about we don't need to whisper as an album not necessarily being the most refined could you right. imagine I know this might be a little off topic but could you imagine if if Tom DeLonge made the gift like he did that song like nowadays like if he did it like if it didn't come out back then and it came out on a different album or came out later on I wonder if that would be any different <laughs> I think, I mean, I think he's evolved a lot, whether it's with his collaborators or whether it's, you know, in relation to whatever the album is. Like, I think, you know, Aaron Rubin has talked about this and Thomas talked about this a bit as well, that like each album is kind of like a snapshot of where the band is at. And like, what are we doing now? What do I feel now? What do I have to say now? What am I listening to now? What old tricks do I want to, you know, throw in the garbage? What new skill set? What new synth pads? What new riffs do I want to try out? So, you know, it's like, I don't think it's something intentional that he would be like, oh, if I record the gift now, it's I'm going to make it different. It's like if he had that idea for the song now or wanted to do that kind of song now, it would just inherently be different, not by design, but just by the fact that he's 10 years older and a different person. Um, so that's where it's like, I think, hard to, you know, engage in that hypothetical scenario. However, if the gift hypothetically did come out as itself, you know, sounding the same, composed the same, performed the same, like right after Kiss and Tell, that would be interesting to see how people would respond to that. It definitely is. Yeah, I guess it's a bit of a different sound. Um, yeah, Everything's Magic is definitely on my list as well. Um, it's not like in the top, like absolute top, but like maybe fourth or fifth. Um, I feel like, like you were talking about songs that reach like their full potential. I think like in the background, I think of that same sort of thing as well when I I'm choosing everything's magic does I feel like it's just a really well composed song and like yes let's not lie to ourselves like we were talking about it's the single it's the radio friendly song um, yeah but it doesn't need to be any more than what it is and it doesn't need to be any less that's how I feel about it <laughs> so then what are your top three uh, if, if you've ranked them as one two three in order 
Um, in order, I would say, yeah, number one would have been, um, everything's magic. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, two, uh, the gift, uh, three, the adventure. (laughs) Interesting. Wow. I like that list a lot, actually. Yeah. And I'm not saying that sarcastically. I really do. No, I know. Because it's like, I think all three songs fit. All three songs share a vibe. It's really hard for me to like, sometimes I really want to like toss Overload or something from Chasing Shadows on there just because I, I I, I like that EP as a project, but like individual song music wise, um, they're really powerful. And I know like you really like Voyager. It's like on one of your lists as well. Um, yeah. But it's not as different compared to like some of the other things AVA has done. Like, but maybe that's also why I sort of like them too. Um, I always do enjoy a good, um, you know, sort of classic AVA song vibe at least once. And I think Tom knows that about a lot of the fans too. <laughs> so, Stephen, what are your top three? Um, I'm going to throw a bit of a curveball here. Uh, I'm going to go with songs that. I'm not choosing these songs on the purpose of the fact that nobody voted for them. <laughs> um, I'm I'm choosing them on the fact that musically, yeah, I'd say musically more than lyrically, they speak like a certain language. Uh, and I know that sounds like super, super cheesy, but my number one song is Kiss With A Spell. Ooh. Interesting. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So I hear a lot of people shit on this song. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a bad song. It's not a bad song. It's just like, I don't really, like to me, it's again, one of those filler songs on the Dreamwalker as a whole. That's just to me though. Steven, this is really interesting because I know you yourself have shit on the Dreamwalker as a whole. So I find it very (laughs) interesting. I find it not this. I sound so much more sarcastic than I don't say that to be. You've said it on record. It's on past podcasts. But but no, it's just interesting. I mean, I just want to ask you as someone who has mixed feelings about the Dreamwalker, what makes Kiss with a Spell the number one? So when you hear Kiss with a Spell, this is my this is my train of thought. The instrumentation behind it, all the the syncopated beats, the sort of subby bass, the atmospheric, almost kind of like chilling keyboards and synthesizers. Yeah. You know, there is guitars in there as well. You might not hear them, but there is guitars and they're just doing like little subtle things. And that's what's great about that song. They're doing such subtle things that are just changing sounds here and there that are playing all the way through but they're like blending them with other sounds and it's making them sound a little bit off or a little bit eerie or you know kind of chilling like i said but the that blended with the mix i i can't recall who did the mix was it aaron that did the mix it was aaron yeah The, the mix is absolutely phenomenal um there's there's not one thing out of place the vocals sit perfectly just on top of um, all the instrumentation, not like a karaoke track where it's like, you know, the vocals are like totally boosted all the way up and you're... For sure. Um, like a pop mix or whatever. Yeah, yeah. The, the, he's he's found the place where the the vocals are not just vocals, they're like an instrument to the song. That to me, when I heard it for the first time, that's the first thing that popped out to me. Just like everything. It was kind of overwhelming for me to listen to because there's so much going on. And I really, really um, urge anyone who 
has listened to it once and just totally threw it away to <laughs> I sound like a I sound like I'm selling something here but just give it a chance um so number two is uh do it for me now uh an often overlooked uh single from the first album a lot of people forget that there's a music video for this for this oh song. there is right see there you go i don't know how i could forget something like that adam i think we talked <laughs> about this uh, <laughs> The, the music the video do it for me now video yeah isn't that where they like ascend yeah right so yeah. the music video sucks yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the music video sucks really oh, oh you guys don't like it, it well see here here's just, why i like it here's why i like no it doesn't suck. it, it sucks it, it, suck. it, it, it's good because it sucks it's good because it's yes. like so melodramatic and kitschy and just like <laughs> raw id and you know like the wind machines blowing it almost looks like you know in like all the small things video where like tom is like has the toilet paper and he's getting like blown around in the wind and he's like making a joke out of it it's almost like this, he's living that <laughs> yeah it's almost like the serious version of what they spoofed but it's done with such intense earnesty and such like focus on a on a tone and a mood and i'm not going to use the other word this time but a feeling and it's like to to be able to do that it is, you know, just to go all in and not hold back. It's like, I cannot possibly call it a bad video because it's just so brazen in what it wants to be. <laughs> yeah, it, I, I agree. He definitely wasn't afraid, I think, just to be like, I'm going to make a music video that I'm going to try and make look like a Stanley Kubrick film. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right, right. You know, exactly. <laughs> the wrong. space suit and all that. <laughs> so cool. I know. So what's your third, Steven? Um, my third song is Teenagers and Rituals. Oh, two Dreamwalker songs. Ooh, that's a good one. Bro, wow. I like Bro. it. Bro. <laughs> yeah. Um, Teenagers and Rituals, I feel, is the best album opener they have ever written. Um, simply because of the piano at the beginning. It sends shivers up your spines. If, you're, if you like blast that piano, man. Yeah. And then the drums come in. Uh, those those pounding drums and everything just starts like gaining and ah uh, bass comes in. It's great, man. It's a it's a phenomenal song. I really do enjoy it as an album opener as well, and I've always liked that piano too. Definitely, uh, again, like we were talking about last time, Alon bringing what he what he had to AVA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The piano. Oh. I just those notes. It's it's like all the chords combined together. They just make this grand sound, and I think that's a land. That's just a land in a nutshell. It's the mixture of like the vibe you get when you hear an air raid siren, which is why they kind of put like a little like if it sounds like emergency beacon in there, and then a punk rock song. It's literally like you know grab onto the nearest solid object because we are about to. You know, there is an earthquake that's about to come, and it like it's like a fight or flight response. Like the whole song just feels like a fight or flight response, which I think lends itself to some very enjoyable listens depending on your one's mood. So that was my top three. Uh, Adam, what's your your top three? Okay, so sitting proudly at number one is Diary, um, or Real One, depending mm. on. You know, depending on what you want to call it, uh, and that's from the Score Evolved EP. Um, I think this is a masterpiece, and I think it's like pretty much the perfect version of itself 
from the you know the, the composition to the mix to just the vocals to any instrument that was chosen was chosen with taste and care and and deliberation and i think the song mixes elan's technical proficiency with the raw emotion of you know the love uh, score cues and Tom's vo- vocals and just the message of the band and the kinds of genres and, and, you know, influences it pulls from blew my mind when it came out. Um, and I, I also put it number one because I think it's like one of the most ambitious songs and it's also one of the most fully realized songs like the band or Elon or whoever you want to say did this just did the absolute best job they could to make the song a reality. And it's like I it probably will stay at number one forever for me. I don't know. It's gonna be hard to top. And the only song with An- Angels and Airwave song anyway with uh, bagpipes in it. I know it's so crazy, dude. This song is manic. Yeah, it's crazy. It's so good. And speaking of manic songs, my number two is called Arms, which is like was my anthem for a long time. I mean, it was just this is probably the most emotional pick on my list in the sense that this song like kept me going. It felt like it kept me alive in the height of my teenage angst. And it was just so unabashedly positive and inspiring and, and, you know, so over the top. And it's just inspirational sound it's it's just yeah there's nothing like you know going for a great run and listening to this song or or being in love with someone and listening to this song or whatever it's just like it it captures i think the band's ability to make you feel something uh just very profoundly yeah and we just as we were talking about album intros there that's another fantastic album intro yeah Mm -hmm. i know teenagers i would say teenagers and rituals and called arms are the two best so i do agree with you there yeah so for my last one, I chose Hallucinations, which I, I nearly didn't put it on this list. But to me, I think it's probably one of the most fully again, it's like I think it's one of the best versions of itself. Like there are some other songs I listen to and it feels like, oh, there was more there. And with Hallucinations, it's like they put it all on the table. Like everything in that song is just everyone firing on all cylinders. They knew what the song wanted to be. Um, they did some really cool stuff with the guitars. Like all the guitars are kind of clean. They're not heavily distorted. Yeah. But then that then that creates so much more room for the other instruments, the drums, the percussion, the synths, the all sorts of like little trinkets and percussion instruments they put in there. They have a pair of scissors in the intro. It's like, again, like the raw innovation of we don't need to whisper with the kind of inspirational crisp love sound but also unlike any other track on the love albums i think um and it's kind of a single but it's also kind of not and it just it rides this really 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 interesting zone and does almost everything at once and i think it's it's very commendable for how much it attempts and then how much it pulls off and then I guess the honorable mention would be the Mark Hoppus remix of Hallucinations, which if none of you... If, My favorite yeah, version. <laughs> if you guys haven't heard the the Mark Hoppus <laughs> remix of Hallucinations, go ahead and look it up on YouTube and, uh, you know, have some fun. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that just about wraps it up for our segment, our thorough segment on the top Angels and Airways albums and the top songs. Um really cool to get a chance to celebrate the legacy of the band with you guys. Um, usually, usually we have very specific discussions on here about a music video or a single or, or something along those lines. Now it's like a bit of a mountain to climb because there is just so much shit to talk about and so much yeah. stuff. I think we as AVA fans get excited about. It's hard to narrow in, but I think we did the best job we could. 
so now that we've shared our thoughts on the best of AVA poll that the AVA movement conducted just last month, we're going to go ahead and throw it over to you guys. We got a lot of voicemails for uh, this month's episode. So here are the voicemails for this month's episode on the best of AVA poll. Hi, my name is Jake, and I think it's very fitting that both The Adventure and Heaven were voted among the top songs in the band's entire discography, not only because they represent the band's sound so well, um, both just feel like you're floating uh, and and the production is, is just absolutely gorgeous, but I think it's the link that they both share within their lyrical content of hope. I think hope is uh, an underlying theme for a lot of Angels and Airways music. The, the idea of being able to carry on um, no matter the obstacles in your path, uh, in heaven, uh, Tom talks about if you see the light break through the clouds and fire up the distance town and the world will begin exactly how it ends. And then it moves on to please stay. Don't go. I've got you now. Are you curious? Please stay. And then obviously, as we all know, in the adventure uh, ending with and here we go. Life's waiting to begin. And I, I think that specific lyrical content is what binds so many fans to Angels and Airways music. And especially after seeing their live show, um, it, it, it's special. And I, I think fans just connect with the band so sincerely because their music is able to get them through hardships and, and difficult spots in their life um, when nothing else may be working. And I, I think that's pretty cool. If I had to choose one album, I would choose the Dreamwalker demos. There's so much good shit in there. Uh, you get to really see where the artist fleshed out the ideas for the songs on the final product. Um, starting with the Wolfpack demo, number one. Um, it sampled a freaking awesome song. Chorus was awesome. Um, Recover, that song was freaking awesome. I'd love to see that one fleshed out. And if I could be buried to a single song, I'd have to choose the Mercenaries uh, demo off that album because it's just the hook on that is fucking sick. Hey, guys, my name is Sebastian. I'm from Costa Rica, and I actually flew back in October to L.A. to see Angels and Airwaves performing live. And it was one of the greatest experiences I've ever had. It was completely amazing. Um, and regarding the selection of We Don't Need to Whisper as the greatest album of the band, at least for now, I couldn't agree more with that. Uh, I think that back at that time, uh, there were a lot of expectations and uncertainty about what was going to be Tom DeLonge's new band and what was it going to sound. And I believe it showed us like a new vibe, a new musical vibe from Tom that didn't exactly fit what Blink-182 was at that time, but it was a great feeling and a, and a great refreshing sound. So yeah, I couldn't agree more with that selection. Um, keep up the good the the good job, guys. You you have a pretty decent fan base here in Central America and in South America. Bye. Hey guys, this is Donnie from New York. And although I cannot disagree with the Facebook poll saying that the adventure is the number one song for me personally, Lifeline is definitely number one, and the next to that would be A Little's Enough and even Tunnels. And I think it's because it really touches on Tom's religious side. And although he's not as open about it and talkative about it, and we don't, I would probably say none of us know exactly where he stands on it. He obviously thinks about it, and from his thinking about it, and even from listening to his music, I know it sounds strange to say, but 
Angels and Airways music actually led me into believing in God, led me into having um, faith and led me into that personal relationship with, with who I believe God is. And I'm just so thankful for Tom and his transparency and the music he writes and the questions he asks that were um, just an encouragement for me to open up my heart and start asking bigger questions. Um, thank you guys so much for what you do. I appreciate it. I can't wait for the next podcast. And yeah, without a doubt, Lifeline. I know you said favorite. Sorry, I gave you three, but we'll just leave it at Lifeline. All right, guys. Can't wait to hear from you. Later. Hey, guys. So no surprises with We Don't Need to Whisper and the adventure being the number one hits. When you talk to most Angels and Airways fans, they will give credit to the original album and the original hit that will and always be their best song. Just have the most nostalgic feel to it and the most iconic Angels and Airways sound. As far as what I chose... I personally believe that Love is the best work that they've put out. It's the most polished, the most diverse piece of art that they've done, as well as the most inspiring. But my personal favorite is and always has been I Empire. So for the songs, I also chose Call to Arms and Rite of Spring, which I feel like are two songs that get glanced over so much. Call to Arms is just such an uplifting and edgy um, just kind of get going introduction to the album, which like, holy shit, like just exploded out of nowhere. And then Rite of Spring, that song has just such a deep emotional resonance with me with the words of the song where Tom is basically just letting out everything that he's been through in his life and how he wouldn't change a thing because he wouldn't be the man he is today without it and kind of just closing that chapter of Blink and everything that he's been through in his life and saying hello and opening the door to angels and airwaves moving forward. Then it goes right into heaven, which is just such an uplifting and emotional way to end that album, which is pretty much why I love I Empire so much. And then another song, which I feel like isn't really getting as much credit as it should is Tunnels. That by far is one of my favorite angels and airwaves songs, just because it's such an uplifting and deep emotional and dark but also inspiring all at the same time and i feel like that above all is what angels and airways represents at least for me and you know tom has such an emotional connection to that song i feel like it should get a lot more credit than it does hey guys my name is sean and i am from phoenix arizona in the united states and i am 28 years old and i have been a blink 182 fan since i was about 12 years old um, I got into Angels and Airways probably about the I Empire album is when I really kind of started to take a listen to them. Um, to answer your guys' question as far as what is their best album or what are some of their top songs, uh, I think it's kind of hard to choose songs, obviously. Um, but with albums, I will say I think my personal favorite is Love. Um, I think what's unique about Angels and Airwaves is that each album kind of builds off one another. Uh, with We Don't Need to Whisper, you know, you kind of saw Tom take some steps that he was afraid to necessarily take with Blink-182, and you really kind of saw that musical sense that he had come out, and then with I Empire, you kind of saw that start to emerge even a little more here and there, and I think Love is peak Tom DeLonge, and I think Love is everything that he wanted in an album, everything that he had envisioned, and I think you see the true potential that he had in that album. Um, as far as songs go, you know, obviously the adventure, very powerful song, very moving song. Uh, I think anybody likes that song. I think some underrated songs from, you know, uh, I empire would be 
Love Like Rockets. Uh, that song is very musically in depth as far as Tom using his voice and instruments as well. Um, Saturday Love is a great song. I absolutely love that song. And uh, We Don't Need to Whisper, The Gift is a very, very good song. So anyways, just wanted to say that. Appreciate your guys' time. We'll talk to you later. Hey, my name's Andrew. Um, my favorite record is probably We Don't Need to Whisper by Angels and Airwaves. Um, the album holds a special place to me because I really discovered the band through the leaked demo of The Adventure. Uh, my cousin had a copy and we played it on these really crappy speakers uh, on a portable DVD player where he had it burned to a CD. Um, fell in love with it, pre-ordered the album when it came out, and got the like autographed booklet from the band, and these little like wings uh, that I still wear on my hat almost every day. Anywho, when the album came out, it wasn't quite what I expected, and I'll be the first to admit that I actually wasn't a big fan on my first listen. Um, it was kind of jarring, because I was expecting everything to sound like The Adventure, which is... Yeah, youthful arrogance. Um, but as I really dug deeper into the album and really listened to the songs and what they meant, it really just resonated through and through and grew on me, as a lot of the best music does. Um, the record itself didn't come out until shortly after I graduated high school, which was a turbulent time for a lot of reasons. And that album helped me get through those hard times. And I am grateful for it. So, what can I say? Angels in Our Waves, favorite record, We Don't Need to Whisper. Personal favorite track, ironically, It Hurts. Not the adventure. Again, that's what happens when you listen to the whole thing and you discover it all on your own. So special thank you to all the people who called in for this episode. Great to hear a multitude of opinions on, you know, favorite song, favorite album, and just the general legacy of the band. And special thanks to all you guys for participating in the poll. Again, we almost got 2,500 people participating in this poll, which is a huge turnout for us. Um, so... I really, really love how involved the community is. Hopefully you enjoyed the discussion and be sure to leave a comment on a Facebook page or Facebook group on any of the social media threads on Instagram, Twitter, wherever, letting us know what you thought of this episode of the podcast. And if you didn't get to call in uh, via the voicemail, just go ahead and leave us your thoughts about what your favorite songs were, what your favorite album was from the poll. Uh, in the meantime, my name is Adam. My name's Steven. And from the Canadian Rocky Mountains, J. Corey Fox. And we'll see you next time.